From the neighborhood, fruit. All right, yo, what's up, everybody? Um, you are listening to Your Life in America, a special streaming edition, actually maybe a regular streaming edition um, for the next, for the foreseeable future. Um, so yeah, the radio station studio is um, under repair right now. That's all I can really say. The, the FM radio station is completely off the air for right now, um, but we're hoping to be back soon enough. Um, but thanks for all the support. Thanks for always listening. Thanks for all the regular listeners. It's crazy to me that people actually listen to this show <laughs> regularly. Um, so thank you so much. And um, thanks to everybody that came out to the fest. Um, really, like it took a lot of work from a lot of different people to pull that off. And it was basically sold out and it was crazy. And we only broke a fluorescent overhead light and, a, and like a wooden handrail that both were repairable. So um, yeah, thanks so much to everybody. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, okay, super awesome episode today. Um, I'm joined by James Carroll of Time and Pressure, rest in peace, and the sickest designer I know. And sorry if I'm forgetting your other bands and stuff, but what's up, James? That's it. I, I didn't join after time of pressure broke up. I sold most of my gear, so I'm like forcing myself to not be in another band. Really? Do you have yeah, like I, a reason for so, that? Uh, I I don't know. I didn't. The way I kind of look at it, it's like I after we wrote that record, I don't see myself really wanting to write or being able to write songs better than I could with that group of people. Uh, so it's just kind of like, eh, I just put my focus on other things. Yeah. I filled in, I filled in for some bands since I've been here. Like I filled in for Last Gas for a handful of shows when I first moved. And then I filled in for Slug, uh, early part of this year. And then I sold, yeah, I, just, I still have my guitar, but I, I sold my head. And I don't have a cat anymore. So, yeah. That's what's up. Um, yeah, I want to say, well, thanks for coming on again. Um, and I want to say, I'll put the link for uh, in the description of the episode for the playlist you made. If you want to, do you remember it off the top of your head a little bit? Uh, I remember a handful. It's a lot of, it's it's primarily, I think, all Ohio fans. So like just Ohio fans I've been listening to a lot more recently or even before I moved here. Uh, it's a lot of stuff on DGR, glad, delayed gratification records. Um, so there's like In Love, Slug, Rejoice, Crime uh, Light, I think is on there. There's there's a bunch of different, it's, it's cool because that label, it's it's a lot of Ohio bands, but a lot of the bands sound differently. And it's cool because a lot of it seems like it's a good chunk of like the same people. Like in Columbus, it seems like there's like six people and they're in every band that's in Columbus. <laughs> and like all the bands are different, but they're all good in like different yeah. ways. It's heavy bands, there's fast bands, there's like an Oi-ish band and it's cool. That's what's up. Um, so yeah, I'll put the I'll put the link to that um, 
playlist in the description for this episode and then I'll also share it on Instagram and stuff. Um, okay, so damn, you know, it's crazy. It's been a year and a half since we like first met and did the first interview on the radio for Time and Pressure. So it's like March, I think, of 2021. <laughs> I was like, I think I'd like about that. I, I sent you the record shortly before then, too. Because I don't know. I think it had like just gotten sent off to the pressing plant, or maybe it had been plant for like a month or something like that. And I was just sending it to every fucking person that would listen to it. Yeah. It's going to come out forever. Please, someone tell me it's good or if it sucks. No, you, you, you did send it to me. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. I got to hear it before it came out and it's really, really good. Um, and yeah, we'll get into, so we're going to talk a bunch of stuff, time and pressure, Ohio hardcore, um, design art, maybe some, uh, we'll talk some basketball for sure. Um, I'm trying to, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm trying to get this out there too. If anybody wants to do a sports show with me and talk like football, basketball, baseball, like an episode, hit me up because I'm a huge sports fan. Um, and then uh, maybe some hot takes. I got one hot take that I've been waiting to air out and I can cuss on this episode. I can cuss on this episode, so that's good. <laughs> um, so yeah, since we interviewed last, um, you've relocated. If you want to talk about where you moved and stuff like that. Yeah, um, so shoot, we talked in March, 2021. I moved in June of 2021 to, to Cleveland. I live in Cleveland now. Um, I'm pretty sure in March when we talked, I hadn't, we hadn't even like thought about moving at that point. Yeah, I don't think um, so. We operate pretty like impulsive. I, at least I do. I operate fairly impulsively with like major life decisions. Um, Respect. So we were looking for a house in St. Louis and we're just like, yeah, let's, let's, you know, let's buy a house finally. Uh, it was like super hard to do. Everything we wanted to buy was like extremely out of our price range, but a year before it was like under our price range. It was just like a whole thing. My wife's from Dayton originally, that's just like three hours south of us. Okay. Um, and her job actually had an office in Cleveland. So we're just like, well, why don't we just like kind of look at houses and yeah. see, you know, see what we can find. It could be, it could be something cool. So I, we flew up here or we drove up here once, drove around and then we're just like, all right, cool. Let's do it. And then three months later, we moved. Dude, that's so cool, man. Like, yeah. it, it, we, I, I think we drove up once, looked around, drove around. We're just like, all right, cool. I, I think this is something that we should do. And we came up here maybe two or three more times to look through houses and stuff. And then finally, like, settled on one and bought one. And then we moved a few months later. We, the timing on moving was so close that we drove. I was, like, on the phone with our title person while I'm driving the moving truck <laughs> and they were just like all right cool we're set to close tomorrow this is going to be your closing cost amount blah blah like all this other stuff and then I like drove the moving truck straight to the title office and just like parked in their parking lot and we signed it and then we had to come to the house and then wait for like three or four hours for the realtor the listing realtor to give us our keys so it was it was a day yeah and we just spent the rest of the rest of the day on unloading this big ass truck Dude, that's awesome. Respect to you for living impulsively. I'm like the opposite of that. <laughs> Dude, it's, I mean, I, I figure, you know, it's worked out pretty well. Like, I met my wife. We've been married a little over 10 years now. We met in November 
And then we moved in together in February and then we got married in June. Nice. So it was just like, it was just very quick. I decided the day that I was, the day that I proposed was the day that I decided to. I was like, I was at my mom's house and she was just like, so, like, do you guys think you're going to get married? Like we'd only lived together for a few months at that point. I was like, yeah, probably. She's like, well, when do you, when do you think you're going to do it? I was like, oh, I guess I can do it today. And I just drove home <laughs> and did it. And luckily, you know, luckily she didn't say no. Otherwise it would have been real awkward living together. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's so I figured, up. I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah, it's been super sick so far. Like, I love it here. Everything's like, it's it's great. After living in St. Louis for so long, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's my mood, or not my mood, but like my opinion of St. Louis as a whole, like changed dramatically after moving. Because I just got, I got out of a situation, like I got out of an environment that just like kind of sucks. Yeah. So I was kind of like, all right, you know, like maybe things didn't suck maybe just the atmosphere that I was in sucked. Totally. Because other than, like, my friends that I had and, like, the, the band I was in at the time, like, booking shows there, fucking miserable. <laughs> like, dealing with people with, like, this weird entitlement and, like, dealing with, like, old dudes who were just like, we're gonna fucking beat you up if you don't book our band and shit was just, like, too much, you know? Dude, this shit sucks. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, yo, this shit rocks. Like, <laughs> I don't have to deal with this anymore. This fucking rules. And then like yeah. we move, we move, and I, I make a conscious decision like I'm gonna book shows here, and just kind of see where it takes me. And then I booked a few, and then I was just kind of like, "There's people that do this here. I don't fucking need to do this. <laughs> so I'm just chilling now. It's sick." And like I went, I did a, an interview with, with Jamie RK like shortly after I moved, and I like just unloaded. I was just like, "This is all the things that this, I was like, these are all the things that sucked about living there after was- defending after defending that place for so long." And then, like, after that happened, these I got, like, some threats from some people. And, like, this student was like, you're talking a lot of shit for a guy whose band broke up. I was just like, what the fuck does that do anything? And then his band <laughs> broke up, like, a month later. So it's like, so all right, man. The whole yeah. thing was just real weird. And it just, like, kind of cemented the fact. I was like, all right, cool. Other than, like, missing my, a few of my friends back home, I'm just like, all right, cool. We made we made a really good decision on this. Because yeah. it was just like, fuck me, man. Like, are we, how are you going to be like in your forties and threaten to beat me up? Cause I didn't want to put like book your band. Yeah. Uh, book your it's band. Fucking, and to come, so <laughs> it's weird. It's like, exactly. It's just like weirdo behavior. And it's just like, yeah. You know, yo, are we going to beat up James next time he comes to next time he comes to St. Louis? And I was just like, bro, good fucking luck. Cause I never, I went, I've been there once since we moved. Yeah. I was there for two days. I was just like, yo, this sucks. I'm going back home. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, first off like so much respect to you for you know being a a dad and and like working and just providing for your family and 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 doing all that stuff um you know I it's that's not easy to do um but yeah it's good when you can intuitively feel that you made the right decision on something um yeah I I think that's that's always like a relieving feeling um oh yeah for sure it was scary because it's it's we're nine hours away from a yeah. place that I live for, oh my God, like almost half my life at this point. Like I lived in St. Louis from when I was 17 till like 31. So yeah. it was just like, it was comfortable. I had lived there for so long. I had said for years, like, this is, I'm not moving ever again. It's like, I'll be fucking dead before I can get out of Missouri. And then yeah. I get out of Missouri. And I'm just like, oh my God, I would rather die than go back. <laughs> like, like yeah. I, I miss drew i miss drew and i miss joel and like i miss the other guys in time of pressure and but it's just like fuck man it's so draining there and it's just weird to go from a place full of such like 
weird negativity to a place that's not really like that. Or maybe it is. And I just haven't seen that part of it yet. Cause I, I kind of just keep as low key as I, as I can and just kind of keep my head to the ground. I go to shows I want to go to and like, yeah. I try not to get involved in like weird petty shit. So I, I don't know, being at the center of most of the shows that happen in St. Louis kind of just like forces you to be into that kind of shit. But here, and I'm just like, yeah, man, I'm going to chill. I'm going to go to the show, see the three bands out of the six that I want. And I'm going to fucking bounce out and yeah. not say bye to anybody. <laughs> just leave. That's dope. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I think there's that kind of stuff. But like you said, you know, you put yourself in a position where you're booking a lot of shows and, but yeah, I mean, that happens. I don't think to that extent, at least that I've seen, but it's always, yeah, it's booking shows is funny. It's like, like people get mad people get mad if you don't put them on the big shows and people get mad if you don't ask their band to play. And then when you're like, then when I'm like, well, I've never seen you at a local show. First exactly. Of <laughs> like if you're not going to the ones you're not playing, then like, why the yeah, fuck? Exactly. And it was like a whole thing. Like we used to get into a lot of shit because I booked the majority of the shows. And if it wasn't me, it was a friend who booked like the bigger stuff that like, I wasn't trying to handle like sick of it all or like not yeah. lose <laughs> shit like that. So like, you know, we were the only band touring regularly and like getting out and like building up a, a pretty decent fan base so you know we'd get asked to play these these bigger shows and that like became a whole thing and then like i would put time and pressure on shows i tried to not put us on shows that i booked because people would get like genuinely mad about it sometimes why are you you don't like mixed bills but you're putting your band on this like well, we got asked like the band that i'm booking asked us to play like i, I, yeah. I don't know what to tell you man like yeah be a better band like don't yeah have you tried, have you tried not fucking being shitty like have you not tried sucking at it's like it's not that hard just yeah. write better songs and go play That's them a, in other cities. it's so funny my homie said that recently he's like just write better riffs <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's, it's, like and we weren't like reinventing the fucking wheel or anything but like i figured like the cheat code that i like kind of figured out i was just like all right if somebody in your band is booking shows then you have a built-in contact list to go to other places usually so I just used that for my benefit. It was like everything I book, I'm going to keep tabs on it and try to do show trades. Also, the show was like, we, we did three weekend runs before we had any music recorded. Yeah. It was like, it, if you're not a piece of shit and you can like help benefit other people, then usually they'll help you out. Totally. So it's like, maybe you should, even if your songs aren't that good, you can just still not be a dick and just go play in other cities. 100% dude. Yep. Um, it's like it's not like we were reinventing the fucking wheel or anything it's just fast and then drew said some sad shit and people are like this is pretty cool like yeah um okay so staying on the topic of time and pressure so since we last when we did the last interview you guys hadn't put out your um lp yet and we talked about that um talked about the lp and since then you've dropped the lp played a lot of shows the LP was well received in album of the year front runner, in my opinion. Um, and then you guys broke up. <laughs> Dude, we put Classic that record out. Move. <laughs> oh my God. It was so sick. We played, we put that record out, played two shows and then broke up. Like the last show we played a show February of 2020. And then we didn't play another show until the last two that we did in november of 2021 yeah like like okay do you want to release about show. like why the band broke up or is it like too personal or no not at all uh <laughs> so so like 
the plan before, I, I kind of sprung it. Drew says I did it in like a few weeks, but I told these fucking idiots for like weeks. I was like, yo, I'm moving like soon. So don't be fucking freaking out. Like, it's fine. I'll be able to fly home, but we should get a fill in for local shows because I'm not fucking flying back here to play to fucking 30 people in St. Louis. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool, cool. So like the plan was to like still do weekends. Because, I mean, I'm in Cleveland. It's pretty center to a lot of places. That, uh, we could find ways to meet up, fly, whatever. Yeah. So that was the plan. And that was, pro- that was in June. And we had talked about, like, setting up some weekends and, like, setting up stuff. And we got asked to play Promcore. So we was like, all right, cool. Yeah, we'll do Promcore. Maybe we'll do some shows, like, on the way out or, or after or something like that. Because Chemical Fix was coming through. And we'll figure something out. Yeah. And we booked the release show to be the day before Promcore started. It was going to be us and Chemical Fix and Fixation and then two locals from home. And then we had a few other things on the books and like we were trying to get California rescheduled. We were getting offers to like go to Europe and all this other stuff. So we we're like kind of fielding stuff. I was like, yeah, like whatever, man. I don't do like real work. I can just do whatever I want. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and then our drummer hit me up off to the side because I'd always said from the beginning, I was like, our band's going to end soon. Like, we're not going to be one of those bands that hangs on for, like, eight years, whatever. Like, I get, I gave it from the very beginning. I was like, we have three to four years top. Yeah. So, like, you know, after a while and then after, you know, 2020 and everything, we were all just, like, you know, we, we stayed busy throughout the pandemic. And we, we did as much stuff as we could. We did a couple live streams and other things. And, and yeah. our record wouldn't have gotten written if we hadn't, um, you know, had to stay home for over a year or so just because we were planning to tour a ton all throughout that year yeah. like we were planning like at least every month trying to be out and trying to do some longer stuff and then maybe go to europe like the whole time after that we were just like well fuck it i guess we'll just write the entire time that we're here so we, we just spent months and months and months refining the songs so then like everything starts to pick back up we're starting to plan stuff and then travis our drummer hits me up he's like hey I don't think I really want to do this anymore. Um, after we were supposed to play Sweat Fest in, in Western Michigan, and it was going to be like December. He's like, I don't really think I want to do this anymore. Uh, he's got a kid. He, his his son is about as old as my oldest daughter. I think I think he's like eight. I think they're like a month apart or something like that. So he's just like, you know, I want to spend more time with him because he's gotten so used to doing it, and he only sees him like certain days of the month and the week and stuff like that. So yeah. We kind of just talked it over. I was like, yeah, you know, I get it. I, I kind of feel the same way. I was just kind of, I was kind of an autopilot at that point, just ride it out until it imploded. So then um, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, some stuff went down with Drew and like some dude wanting to whoop his ass or something like that. And it became like this whole big thing back home. So we, we were kind of talking and then we were just like, dude, fuck this. Like Travis straight up was just like, ah, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So we all we all kind of just talked and um, it got it got a little bit heated back and forth trying to figure out like how we were going to kind of put it to bed. But we ultimately decided to drop everything after Promcore. So it was yeah. like, all right, we'll play this last home show. We'll play the record front to back, do like two old songs. And then the next day we'll go to Promcore and we'll play the last set. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's pretty much how I flew to St. Louis the day of the, the St. Louis show. We practiced. We, ran the songs together for the first time in like six months at that point and then uh played the show it was great it it was like over 100 people showed up sick it was on a thir- thursday which was surprising it was crazy because like 
kids that were young and found us like over the pandemic came to the show, not knowing it was the last one that we were playing at home. Like we met a lot of younger kids and I think it was just, it was a really good show. No bullshit happened at it. It was cool. Everybody got paid really well. Discouraged got to be there, which was great. And like, yeah, it was, I mean, I think that was the best possible way for us to end things at home. And then the next day or the next uh, few days spent at the fest was cool. We played prom core, which is like kind of a big deal for us as a band. Yeah. Because like it, it opened a lot of doors for us uh, the first year that we played it. They got us uh, like a lot more exposure and we got to play a lot of cool stuff because of it. we got to do the, the little weekend run that we did with Defeater because of playing prom core. So it just kind of felt in, like it felt fitting to end it there. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Like they dropped me off at the airport the night that we played. I don't know. Did we play Saturday? Yeah, no, we played. Yeah, we played Saturday because the fest used to be like Thursday. Thursday was a pre-show and then Friday, Saturday was the, was the fest. They dropped me off Saturday night from the airport and then that was it. Band was over. I stole Blake's hair gel out of his bag before I got on the plane and I, sl- I slept in the Tulsa airport for a few hours before. That was it. I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen most of them since we broke Like I went home back in July and I hung out with Travis and I hung out with Drew. I saw Dave and I saw Dave's new band Squint. And then uh, Blake actually lives in Philly now. He's about to move back to St. Louis, but he, he moved to Philly in like December, I think. So like a month or two after we played that last show. Sick, dude. Well, great band. Um, that new record yeah, okay, was great. Um, the new record was so good, dude. Like is so good. I still listen to it. I know a lot of people that really like it. Um, so yeah, thanks for sharing about that. And um, also it's Squint. funny that we've been broken up for a while and like the we still have a decent amount of monthly listeners that's that's just like always an on-running joke with us there's like 1200 people that still listen to this crap every month i'm just like yeah. cool man One of we almost is- we almost did a reunion we talked about it it was like set now we were gonna do we were gonna do a surprise set at prom core that'd be like like fucking ruined it <laughs> like stri- like that's not even like a funny joke like blake fucking like we we're all on board like even travis was on board he was just like, yeah, fuck it. Like, let's do it. It'll be fun. Because I'm, I'm going to be there. Dave's already going to be there because his band's playing. And Drew's going to be there because our friend Joel's band, Split, is playing. So I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm going. Like, why don't we just play? And a few, like, we're all agreed. We wrote a set list. We weren't even going to announce it. It was just going to be like, we're going to get up. Yeah. Between this band, this band. Like, so like, what's up, bitch? Let's play these fucking songs. And then fucking bounce <laughs> out. And then, like, a few days, like, a week later, Blake was like, you know, I don't really want to... And the plan was to, like, test the waters with Promcore. If it was cool and it went well and we were all into it, then just be a band again. Yeah. Like, like sporadically, just, like, do the occasional weekend, play some fests if we get offers, and, you know, just kind of maybe write new music if we've thought about it. But for the most part, it was just like, you know, the record is cool. We didn't get to play it that much. We got to just kind of hang out for like the last six months. Let's see if there's some like gas in the tank still. And then yeah. a few days later, he hits the group chat up, long ass message on some bullshit like, I don't want to, you know, cheapen the last shows that we did. And uh, I don't want to just do a one off. Um, you know, I just think it, it would just like cheapen the, the last shows that we did that were really special. And I was just like, Everybody forgot about the last shows already, man. <laughs> nobody, nobody said anything in the group chat. I was like, okay, whatever. And then, like a week later or so, or like a few weeks later, he called me and we were just talking on the phone. And I like brought it up to him. 
I was like, you know, that wasn't going to be just a one-off, right? Like it was supposed to be like a see testing if, of the waters to see yeah. if it was even worth doing anything, and then just be a band again. Yeah. And he's like, oh, really? He's like, oh shit, I didn't realize that. I was like, you fucking kidding? <laughs> like, how? Like, how much more obvious? So he texted the group chat again, and was just like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, it was going to be this. I'm down if you guys are. Nobody answered. <laughs> like, I ran, I talked to Travis when I saw him last, and uh, he was just like, "Yeah, man, I was down, but now I'm doing something cool that weekend, so it sucks." Uh, <laughs> like, oh, whatever. Well, it hasn't really been brought up. Like, I would do it. Like, I, yeah. I think it would be fun, but like, I don't. Know, it, it was just like a right place, right time kind of thing that everyone agreed, and it was just like the mood. And then, fucking Blake ruined it, man. It's so funny. I love telling people that story too. Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, I'm sure there'll be a time for it to re- where it'll resurface again. But um, yeah, thanks for sharing all that. You know, it's uh, yeah. Again, the record was great. Also, I want to say shout out to Squint. That band freaking rules, dude. Like, yeah, Dave, Dave's rocks. really good at like everything that he does. He's yeah. in like he's in a couple. He's in Squint. He's in a band called Still. It's like a shoegaze band. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he's still in this band called Fever Dream. That's like chuggy, like deathcore type, weird force side of long sleeve shit. And then uh, I think that's it. He might be in some other bands. I think him and Drew, and like another friend of ours, are trying to do a little like foundation ish sounding band. Nice. But I'm I'm not sure what's going on with that. But yeah, Dave Squint's cool. Dave's great. Yeah, yeah I interviewed uh, Tommy from Broken Vow like i think it was like in july and he put i had to make a, he made a playlist and he put squint on there and that was the first time i had heard them and i really really liked it a lot yeah it's good i think they have a new ep at least fully recorded i'm not sure when it's coming out i think it's another sunday drive thing too but yeah dave's 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 great nice he's good he's um, a good guitar player let's transition real quick to basketball dude so i can get my little uh i can get my little <laughs> desire to talk sports in here um so yeah you're rocking the Cavs hat um that's dope that you you got a grip of season tickets for this year right oh dude so I've always been like a pretty loose basketball fan like I grew up in Texas so I was a Spurs fan when I was a kid um and I went to a handful of games when I was little and then every place I've lived since didn't have a team but yeah. I, I'd watch the Spurs games occasionally and then when I realized we were moving here I was like oh dude fuck, I'm oh, a Cavs fan yeah, like, I went. I went to thirty games last year. So sick, because tickets are just cheap, or they were. They're not yeah. so much anymore, but they were really cheap uh, last year. And they had this cool thing called the monthly pass, where you pay two tiers. You pay fifty bucks, and you can sit up top, and you go to every home game for that month. That's for sick. 50, for fifty bucks, uh, yeah. or you pay eighty nine, and you can sit lower bowl for the entire month and you, the only thing that sucks about is you don't know where you're sitting until the day of yeah but so just it moves around a lot and like you're sitting in weird spots but like for 90 yeah. bucks i went to like uh, 10 home games a 10 home games a month roughly right dude it was it was so i think i did it for maybe two three months or something like that <clears throat> and the the months that i did it it happened to be like a ton of games yeah. so i think i went to 15 of them between two months Dude, that's and awesome. And like, uh, I, I would pick up like single tickets and things like that. I, I never paid more than a hundred bucks for like a single game ticket. And I sat like fourth row in the middle. Uh, and awesome. then like, 
Dude, honestly, if you just look at Twitter, the day of the game, people are giving away tickets because they can't go. So I'll just do that. I'll just scoop up free stuff all the time. I think right. I had like six different tickets to the game that they played against the Magic because nobody wanted to go. So I just had all these different. I just started giving them away to people that I knew. Does anybody want these? Like I, I've already got the ones that I'm going to use, so I've got yeah. another four to give away. Dude, that's this sick. year I got uh, I got half season tickets this year. That's so, so it's awesome. Twenty two games. It's twenty two games. Um, I'm able to like switch games that I don't want to go to or like can't go to for other people's tickets, or like I can sell the tickets that I can't make it to. I think the only game I'm not going to make it to is one that's happening during the fest this year. And I'm trying to trade one of my sets for Nets tickets, I think. Because last season, I, I wanted to see the Nets last season, but I couldn't because we got four feet of snow the day of the game. And it was a matinee. I just couldn't get out of my driveway. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was the only team that I, I didn't get to see last year that I wanted to do. And I'm trying to, like, swap for Bulls tickets. But other than that, like, I, I've got a, a good schedule this year. The tickets, round, like, round out to, like – 28 bucks a game dude that's solid it's like it's like 600 dollars for the half season yeah like, my seats are kind of like decent too and i got an aisle seat so just like, dude, this is gonna be sick i'm glad i got it in like a like a month maybe before the donovan mitchell trade yeah because i know those tickets went up and i know they sold quite a bit after that i'm sure for sure so the Cavs had a really – I don't know, maybe, like, from my perspective, it, or it was, like, very surprising. Like, they were they were really fun to watch last year. And I think mm-hmm. they, they ended up the fifth seed going into the playoffs, fifth or sixth. I think it was, like, the, I think it was like the seventh. Well, no, because they were in the play-in. Yeah, they were in the play-in tournament. So, That's yeah, they were – was that ninth? Yeah, but for the majority of the season, they were up like four or five. Dude, they were doing picks. really well for a while. Yeah, they yeah. were they were at, at they were at two for a little bit, yeah. but then they, there's just a ton of injuries around like the winter time. Once it got cold, there's a lot of injuries. It was like yeah. shortly after the uh, there was like a few months before the All Star game. There was there's a lot of people out. Yeah, and so it's really it cool kinda, to kind of fizzled. It's really cool to see them like their resurgence after LeBron leaving. Um, and yeah, were you surprised that I was like blown away that Donovan Mitchell went to the Cavs because I wasn't really following the lead up. I thought he was yeah. going to the Knicks, and then it just shows like that people are excited about the Cavs, you know. I remember seeing like it was like the week before, like the weeks leading up to it, where it was you know you get like the Bleacher Report things where it's like yeah. these teams are in talks with Utah to acquire Donovan Mitchell. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then like a few days later, it was like Cleveland is no longer in the running. I was like, oh, okay. And then two days later, it's like Donovan Mitchell is coming to Cleveland. So like, oh, <laughs> shit. All right, cool. <laughs> like, I was just curious. I was like, well, who, who left? And I, what was it? It was Sexton, Markinen, and uh, I can't think of the third one right now. But it was, I was just like, I, I wanted them to re-sign Colin Sexton. I really did. Um, I only saw him play a few games last season because, you know, he had, his, he had his injury pretty early on. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, that sucks. But then Markinen also was out for a good chunk of – not a good chunk, but I think at least like four to six weeks maybe last year. Uh, I was there when he, when he had his injury. It was, it was uncomfortable. The entire stadium was like dead silent. And yeah. Everyone was just like, well, shit. And Markinen is one of those players where it's just like, you know, when he's on, he's, he's fucking on. It's great. Shooting threes. He's a big-ass dude. He's like 7'1", I think. Yeah, he's but, then, but when he's not, oh man, it's rough. And he's just always fucking breaking threes. I'm just like, dude, please, <laughs> please just fucking stop this. 
I can't remember the third person that they traded, but I remember not really giving a shit. Yeah, I can't, but I can't. It's gonna bug me now until I until I look it up. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, last season was so much fun, and like Dude, I, I got to go to the, the play-in game. I got to go to the play-in game, and it was like the loudest room I've ever been in. Did they? It was against Brooklyn, right? No, it was against the Hawks. The Hawks. That's right. So like, it was loud as shit in there. Like, it was fully sold out. Like, yeah, I, I've been to a lot of games that year, but that's the one that like. It, the room was just like you could feel like the so cool. like the tension. It was it was great. It was probably like the most fun game I went to that year. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah. And and so with adding Donovan Mitchell, and... okay, that's the other guy that they drafted. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the 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 rookie that they drafted, the 14th pick. For sure. I, that that I was bummed about that too, just because I was excited to see like you know kind of where he went and like because I mean Evan Mobley's rookie year was holy shit. Yeah. So it's just kind of surprising that they they got rid of him. But I mean, Evan Mobley's brother Isaiah is uh, a cap now. They're they're sending him. He's playing for like the G League affiliate, the Charge. Okay. Um, but still, they they during COVID they had a ton of the G League players because you know when that rash of COVID hit and there was all like the so and so entered safety and protocols for ten days. They had a ton of the G League dudes come and play. Yeah, and a couple of them ended up staying, like nice. uh, Brandon Goodwin, who used to play for the Hawks. Uh, he was on the squad for a little bit, and like Lamar Stevens, and like a handful of others. But like the team's super exciting last year. And yeah. It's just like, I said, why the fuck does nobody care about this that much here? And I asked, I was like, yo, why do people not like? It's a it's a football and baseball town. Cleveland's definitely like it's Brown season now, so like everyone's super hyped about the Browns. Which I mean, I don't care for football, so I'm I'm just kind of like, eh. yeah, <clears throat> I don't give a damn about baseball. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm just kind of like, I, this is mine by default. Yeah. But I, well, people are excited, which is, I mean, that's great. I'm excited. I'm just glad I got tickets ahead of time and don't have to try to fight people for the last minute once this year. For sure. Yeah. So the, yeah, with like adding Donovan Mitchell is makes the team even more exciting and definitely will be talked about even more as like a high ranking playoff contender. Oh, um, for sure. If they don't make the actual playoff, I'll, I'll be surprised. Just yeah. with that young, with him and Darius Garland both being that like that young backcourt, and like Donovan Mitchell is the oldest, not the oldest player on the on the team, but he's the oldest of like that young core, and he's only twenty five. Yeah, it's legit. Like you've got Jared Allen, you've got Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, now Donovan Mitchell, like, and you've got Ricky Rubio's back for the season, so that's a good vet. And then like, oh my God, uh, Lamar Stevens is back this year too, and then I, yep. I don't know, I'm I'm like very very excited for this year. I think it's gonna be super cool. And now I think preseason starts in like three three-ish weeks and then they're doing like their scrimmage so i so when you get season tickets here they do this thing. it's called the wine and it's called uh wine and gold united i think it's called something else now. it's called cabs united now there's all these like cool events that you get to go to so like there's like you get to go to private practices and like oh that's it first first dibs on playoff tickets and like oh, i haven't got to do anything cool just yet but like they do signings and stuff all the time like i got mm-hmm. darius garland uh, signed picture and then Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert is it's going to be interesting to see him play because he'll he showed up what in the middle of last season from Indiana, yeah. And then like his first game I think was against Indiana like those okay. same week. So like it'll be interesting to see how he pans out because he is kind of he's kind of lackluster last season, but it's also like dude you got thrown into the middle of this shit like yeah, middle of the season sure. he's not going to gel super well. But when like he's like Arkin when he's on he's on when he's not it's rough. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, I could talk about this shit all day. I don't like nobody here really like super cares about basketball. And like none of my friends, except for like Tra- Travis is a Bulls fan. 
So, like, I can talk to him about basketball a little bit, but, like, here, I, I care. There's not a lot of interest in it. It's, like, football and stuff like that, like I was saying. Yeah. So I'm just, like, I talk about this shit for hours. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting, like, so I've lived in Southern California my whole life, and, and you know, it's interesting watching because the Lakers were so trash. It doesn't even matter that LeBron and all, all those fucking players were, the, like, it's – yeah. I listen to like all I listen to is like ESPN radio, and all mm-hmm. you hear is it's not even like NF, it's like all Lakers, like yeah. most, most of the time. And they're so garbage. I think it's just because Westbrook like had such a not great season for an overall, like really, really good player in the past. I mean, look at what he did from like from OKC, even when he was his short stint in like Washington, like that. Like, yeah. He's a great player, he's a great point guard, but at yeah. this time. That not last season, it was just like, dude, what the? F-? And I think people were just Stop focusing watching. in on it so much, considering he's next to you know, AD and he's next to LeBron. People are just like, all right, cool, like this is it, this is like the new super team. And then he just fell super short, and people are just like, guess what? I'm making a compilation of you missing a million shots for this year, dude. So bad, like it's LA sports are so funny because the Clippers are like really good compared to the Lakers, and nobody here cares. Nobody about cares about the Clippers, dude. No, I get dude, I get ads for Clippers tickets, and there's like, yo, you can go to the whole season and get hot dogs and shit, and like, we'll fucking watch your kids, we'll walk your dog, three hundred yeah. bucks if you come. Please, please just come. And but people just like the Lakers more. Yeah. So watching like the Cavs was so exciting last year because there's nothing cool in basketball to watch here. Like the Clippers, are, like no one cares about the Clippers. The Lakers are all drama. Um, who even, Cavs, who's even on the Clip- Clippers? Got what? They got Kawhi. And who else? Who's like their other like marquee player? Kawhi was. Uh, I remember liking Kawhi a lot when he was a Spur. And then oh, he Paul George. Paul George. That's right. I kept wanting to say Chris Paul for some reason, but he's he's yeah. in Phoenix. Yeah. So it's been cool watching the Cavs and Cleveland sports too. I've always been a huge like I'm like a I love the '90s and I love '90s mm-hmm. sports like especially. And the Indians in the '90s were like such a sick team to watch. That's what everyone always tells me. I started getting, I became like the dude who watches highlights now. So I've been watching a bunch of like old, like early nineties Cavs basketball. So like watching like Mark Price and stuff like that. I just like the, I like the, the look of like the logos and stuff a lot more around that time period too. So like all, most of my cast stuff is like stuff from like late eighties, early nineties. Cause that script logo or like the little arch Cavs logo looks super sick. And like, they just did the rebrand of everything. And it like kind of is reverting back to that now. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely become like that dude who will go Google or like go on YouTube and watch like Mark Price highlights from like 92 or some (laughs) show. It makes me want to care about baseball here because the, uh, the guardians get a lot of comparisons to the Cavs because it's like a younger team. It's they like super to... low on the salary cap and stuff like that. So, yep. And they're winning. They're doing like really, really well. So yeah, it like makes me playoff. want to care about baseball. But man, baseball is like watching fucking paint dry. Yeah, it's hard to watch. No, for sure. And the AL and I mean the AL Central is like the most boring division in baseball. Mm. Um but yeah, so we'll transition it because 90s NBA art is like I Dude, just so want- sick. I just want everything I ever do creatively to be in the vein of nineties NBA, like all the jerseys. All like, of coming back too, which is awesome. There's a lot of like those like throwback, like bootleggy shirts and stuff. I started getting into making them just, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to talk a little bit about, um, I know that like you, you're, you're open and taking on like a, like projects right now. 
So you've designed a, a good, you designed probably the sickest Your Life in America logo of all time, which was the Tiki Punch Shasta rip. Um, oh, what a pain in my ass that was. I was so mad at you. Like, I was like, yeah, this would be, this would be easy. And then as I'm doing, I'm just like, dude, I might just give him my fucking mo- his money back. Like, this is such a pain in my ass. It turned like, out Frank- so good, though. Dude, I had to Frankenstein, like, the original logo to make the lettering. And, like, I-, I feel like I could do that a lot better now. But around that time, I, I hadn't done a lot of that yet. And I was just like, dude, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> just because, like, I cannot do this shit. This is, is stressing me out. I think dude, I was, like, I- trying to re- I was, like, trying to redraw it, too. And I can't draw for shit. But, I like, I got a tablet to, like, do sketches of, of ideas and stuff that I was doing. So I'm like, oh, I'll just fucking trace it. And then, like just make it look better and then i'm starting to trace it and i was like this looks fucking even worse like <laughs> you nailed it though dude and it's it's by far the most popular your life in america sticker ever i've already printed like over 400 and they're already gone and i'm like i just ordered more because the sticker pops like on whatever you put it on and people like people who know what's up with shasta tiki punch are like Dude, why has nobody ever done this? This is like the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, that's a bootleg soda. Yep, for sure. I never had the I never had the tiki punch, but my dad definitely like would buy himself name brand Coke and then be like, all right, cool. You can have, you can have Shasta. Instead. Shasta. And they did the three liter with the extra wide like mouth. Just... Yeah, I try to tell my wife about my wife doesn't drink soda and like never really did growing up. So I like, well, you know, you, you never see three liters like anymore. I remember telling her, I was like, oh yeah, my dad used to get like three liters of Coke. Fuck the three liter. I was like, you never, you never see a three liter? But yeah, she's straight up like, and they call it pop here. I refuse to do that because that's sacrilegious. That's fucking weird. I don't like doing that. But uh, yeah, she just like didn't grow up really drinking soda. I think she said she didn't, she never had like actual soda until she was like of drinking age. Yeah. So like the first 21 years of her life was, and she still doesn't really, she still doesn't drink it. She drinks carbonated, uh, like, water occasionally. Yeah. And then, like, an energy drink or two. But, yeah, she, she just, like, did not mess with carbonation for the longest time. So she never drank soda. I thought that was so weird. I haven't had soda in probably close to five years now. Nice. But, like, I definitely remember Shasta and the way that it like, makes your fucking teeth feel. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's, it's the best. So, yeah, so you did the, uh, the Shasta rip, um, the palm tree the island palm tree sticker the your life and time t-shirts um yeah i mean yeah thank you for doing the shasta rip because that was like a big deal for me and dude it's i remember you were very excited about it. <laughs> dude and it's just honest, like i gotta do it i've honestly i think i've i've done two orders of 200 with also from your people you hooked me up with or the people uh stick it to me best oh yeah, yeah. best like best price best sticker Dude, it's so ever. cheap and it's like relatively quick too i think it's just one Wait. person yeah like one I, person and like maybe her husband i think helps her i think her name's brooke but shout out to stick it to yeah. me i've sent like a bunch of people there who've gotten stickers done um and yeah the shasta thing at the fest dude people were like they were like so like is this like a tiki punch thing and i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like yeah so um but yeah mean, if you want to talk yeah, if you want to talk a little bit about um, kind of just like what you do, like with your graphic design stuff and, um, you know, some of your maybe some of your favorite design things you've worked on. Yeah. Um, so for the long for a while, I was working in venues uh, pre and post pandemic. Like I worked right up until 
uh, shit went south for everybody. And then like I did work through, uh, I worked after, like when, when shows started coming back, I was working in venues back home. So I was dealing with like, you know, the mask mandates and all this other shit. And then we moved, yeah. when we moved up here, I, I got a job at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for like a month. And then I, I ended up going to work at another venue. Uh, and I worked at that venue for like six or seven months. Some like whack shit went down. I was supposed to be a talent buyer. Like I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to like be a music dude. This is going to be my shit. Like this is what I know how to do. And I was going to just basically just book shows for a living. But there's like, okay, we want you to, they wanted me to book like punk, hardcore and metal shows because they wanted to bring more of that stuff to the spot. So I was like, fucking say no more, dude. I got it. Yeah. So there's like, we have to put you on door until we get a new door guy. So it's, you know, be a couple weeks tops. It ended up being like seven months. Brutal. And I just kept asking him like, yo, when are you going to put me in the booking office? Because I was supposed to get a raise after three months. I was supposed to get like a three or $4 raise after three months. And I just kept yeah. asking. After, I was like, what the fuck? I said, well, we can't have a door guy making that much. I was like, I'm not supposed to be a fucking door guy, man. I'm like, you're the that's one that hired so me. So like months and months passed by and I'm just like kind of waiting. I'm just like, whatever. I'm doing art on the side. And then one day I meet the new like, production manager which is what i was supposed to do and there's like oh hey this is i was just like what are you gotta be fucking kidding me are you serious and i quit that day yeah and that's like, a I'm cold fucking, ass move by that place like, man like i'm fucking over this i'm i'm out uh and that's when i decided like that day i was just like i'm just gonna do art like full time now like you know my wife makes a shitload of money so like she's been the primary breadwinner of our house for a while now um and I make more money just doing freelance work now than I ever did at that venue. So it's just like, hey. fuck it. It's been like, since I've pretty much just devoted my time into like taking on bigger projects and like, I've ran some like, like paid promotion bullshit. So I get like random one-offs and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, I've just been pretty much doing full time since March, I think is when I started doing that. It's, it's been great. I've got to do a lot of like cool projects. I've done a bunch more layouts that I like. Layouts is like the thing that I like doing the most. So like, LPs, tapes, and seven inches and stuff. LPs is like that's that's my favorite thing. Just it takes a while. It's a lot more collaborative. Like uh, I did the Discourage LP that they just put out not too long ago, and me and Eric, their singer, pretty much like worked on that entire thing together. Just like bounce ideas off of each other, and like it, it was like one of the more collaborative projects I've worked on. I did that. Done the Space LP that came out recently. Great record. Too. I do done a ton of flyers. Lately, I get hit up for flyers, never for places that I live. It's it's always from like places I I never lived or don't live anymore. Oh yeah, and you did the your life in America fest flyer. I'll throw that yeah. in there too. <laughs> did your flyer? I've been doing some magazine ads lately. I, I work with Numerality Zine, uh, kind of often. I've known Nick for a long time, so he'll hit me up with stuff. I do stuff for Patient Zero. Uh, I do like I'm like the guy for Patient Zero now, pretty much. Nice. And then like I still do safe inside stuff when when it happens. It it's kind of like a weird pace right now. I'm trying to think yeah. what else I've done. You did, did the, the end on dark. end. You did the end on end uh act or the uh people like you. Did you do that one? No, I wish Sam did that okay. one. Oh, nice. Uh, it, it I like I like that art a lot. In a way. Yeah, I like I like that art a lot. I I saw it like a long time ago. I still lived in Missouri. Nick sent it to me because it needed to be placed on a template for the, pre uh, the pressing plant. So I saw it a long time ago and I think I texted Sam after I saw it. I was like, yeah, this looks, like, this looks really good. It's like, good really job good, on this. Yeah. Um, and I did like a Steely Dan covers thing for like two weeks where every, every day I just popped out like a new 
Steely Dan singles cover. I saw that, yeah. I did a Take It to Heart shirt recently. That was fun. Uh, I did a full LP layout for this band called No Peace uh, from Australia. I think it's like yeah. my first international band. And then just like, like I said, a ton of flyers, singles covers. I started getting into like sports graphics and stuff. I started doing a few things for uh, this um, soccer supporters club in Denver. Uh, I did a DMS shirt recently, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> I told him, I was like, yo, I was like, you have to promise me if you guys do one of those pictures where like everyone's like holding up the shirt and looking scary and shit, it's like, you have to send me that picture. So I was like, that's the sickest shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, all the Cavs, uh, uh, the Cavs like player type profile things you did were like you're just you're you're just really good at at making things look like unique, but also very clean, which is hard I'm to try. I'm trying to get a job with them. I've been pestering them a bunch. I just like will make some shit and then tag them a bunch of it and be like, hey, can I have some money, please? Yeah, but everything everything require like requires a degree right now. So like uh, I started it. school this week, actually. To, nice. to get my degree I, I finished like all my gen eds when I was younger and then I dropped out so I'm just taking art classes for the next like a year and a half to two years get that degree and then like go work a real design job hopefully with a sports team that's that's the goal nice. but it just kind of depends there's so many people buying for sports jobs but yeah I just kind of get asked to do music stuff for the most yeah. part like I've done a few, I've done a few things that aren't music related lately they're cool I'm working with this newer label uh Heroes and Martyrs that just put out the no warning seven inch they did the the no warning demo not too long ago yeah i know uh, he's got I know steve oh do you yeah dude, the steve best. he's so sick i talk to yeah. that dude probably every day i've done one thing of work for him like months ago at this point the nicest dude nicest guy ever dude yeah like we worked together in june i'm looking at the thing now i made like an ad for him for like some shirts that he was putting up yeah, and then he he saw me. I think I posted about it on like the No Echo group on Facebook or something like that. That I was looking for work, and he hit me up. And just ever since then, we talk pretty much like every day or so. Easily like one of the coolest like clients that I have. Yeah, super Steve, cool. Uh, like respects the craft, like all that kind of shit. Doesn't like make me wait for money and. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, I did the layout for Tell Lies too, which is Promcore Man's band. I don't know. I've done like a lot of cool stuff yeah, lately. You have. Now that yeah, I'm looking back at it, there's been some He's like projects. such a nice guy, dude. He texts me like on the day of the fest and was like, dude, I hope everything goes well. Like, good luck. Like, he's dude, just. He's so sick. Yeah. He, texted, awesome. he was the first person to tell me happy birthday yesterday. <laughs> that's all. Awesome. Yeah. Like, that he, texted me, out, dude. <laughs> he texted me at like 1 30 in the morning, which is like, happy birthday. And I was like, motherfucker. He beat like everyone in my family to it. Yeah. Like, Thanks, man. Dude, he, 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 he asked me to do some work for him this week. And he found out it was my birthday that day. He's like, you're not working today, are you? I was like, bro, the grind don't fucking stop. That's I right. I don't give a shit. About, like, I don't care about my birthday. I'm not a big fan of it. Like, it's yeah. just another day, really. So I'm, I'm just like, yeah, of course I'm working today. Like, I got shit to do, man. He's yeah. Like, no, man. don't do that. He's like, just hang out. Don't work on my stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's super cool. He, uh, I think I've told this story before on the show, but he uh, last, so there's like a little fest um that the sound of fury some of the sound of fury people do called for the children it's like in december yeah. yeah and so no warning played they headlined the first night last year and steve hit me up and he's like yo are you going to the fest and i was like yeah dude he's like hey would you be would you be able to like meet ben and pick up no warning merch and like run the no warning merch for that day 
And as like oh, a sick. my 14 year old self was like, yeah, <laughs> was like, oh my god, of course, like you know, I'll do it for free, like. And he's just like super nice, dude. And so yeah, he got to he like hooked it up, and me and my me and my friend um, went and met like Ben and like the guys from No Warning at like this pad in L.A. and like picked up mm-hmm. all the No Warning merch. And like I loaded it in my station wagon and we like drove up to dude, it was so cool, man. Like because I no warning was like one of my favorite bands, still is. And Mm -hmm. so yeah, we like picked up all the merch and then we like pulled up and parked and like we got to like walk into the venue, like carrying like all the no warning merch and like (laughs) wristbands. And like I was like, I felt so cool, dude. It was it was such a cool experience. He's great. I'm I'm really excited. So the, we, he has some stuff coming out soon and he's like working with a PR person and uh, he's straight up just like, yeah, I, I told them like about you. And like, he, he, I don't know, he's just really nice for like someone I've never met in person who I just did like a random ad. That's the coolest thing about doing art is just like, I talk to a good majority of the people I do art for, like even after the project's over, like the discouraged guys, I, I talk to them every day, probably. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, if they ask for stuff or not, we're, we're talking pretty much daily. I just finished a, a merch run for them. And nice. then I finished some stuff for tuning recently too. And it's just like random people I meet off Instagram or like friends that'll like hype up stuff for me or repost and stuff. It, it helps. And I get, I have a, like a pretty stream, like a pretty steady stream of work. There'll be like a few days where my, my commissions list is completely empty. And I'm just like, all right, cool. I'm just going to chill for uh, like a week and just fucking not do anything. And some of them are like, Hey, I need an LP layout. Like, cool. Fine <laughs> by me. Let's, let's go. It gives me something to do. Yeah. Nice. Today, today is like the first day I haven't had like any real project to work on in probably the last like six months. Yeah. It's, it's just been busy. I'm sure now that I said, because I was supposed to work on the LP layout for his band and I quoted him. He sent me half of the, the deposit and then I pitched in like the, pre- like I always do like a preliminary version of the art. Send it to the person just like, Hey, this is the direction I plan to go in. If this is cool, if there's like color changes, whatever you want to do. Like I keep people updated the entire time. Yeah. Just so just so like, I'm not working on something for three weeks, show it to them. They hate it. And there's like a big surprise at the end. And he told me, he was just like, Oh, I just found out that someone in our band actually commissioned somebody else to do the art. So we actually don't need you to do this, but you can keep the deposit. And the deposit was like a good chunk of money. And I was just like, well, nice. shit, I guess I don't have anything to do now. So I'm just like kind of hanging out. I guess I'll yeah. post on the internet soon and be like, hey, does anybody need anything? Because I thought school was going to be a lot more intense than it, than it has been. It's, it's been pretty chill. It's all beginner design class stuff. So it's just like, you ever seen Parks and Rec? You know that that scene where Andy plays guitar in the guitar class? Yeah. that's what i feel like because it's just like <laughs> easy shit yeah it's just easy projects that I, I knock out in like an hour and then i'm just like well shit i thought this was gonna take i'm like three weeks ahead in school right now so just like, nice fuck, dude. I guess i'll just sit around and do nothing and watch atlanta <laughs> that's awesome well i'll keep uh sending people your way and thanks for all the stuff uh you've done for me also you just did a collab t-shirt that i'm gonna wait to I'm going to wait to like announce that till they're for sale. Um, yeah. But that, that turned out really awesome. Um, okay. So I don't know if you have any hot takes, but I have one. And I, I've, I, I definitely feel like you're somebody that um, 
I don't know. You you remind me of my friend that's just always like has hot takes and just doesn't care. <laughs> it's sick. Yeah, I'm, I'm on fucking I'm on fucking hater mode all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like my, my I have a, like one of my closest friends. He plays in a band here, and he's like he's a huge Cleveland hardcore fan too, which is like really funny. But he reminds me of you so much, just with like hater mode, not in a bad way, but okay. So. I uh, I haven't really talked about this much, but I went to this show at this record store in San Fernando Valley. It was like Gridiron. Um, fuck, dude, I can't remember. Like Abrasion, Gridiron, Section Hate, um, Tsunami. And there was this guy, I'm not going to put say it by name because this like those details are ir- irrelevant to this in a way. But yeah, so basically the dude was like, one of the 50 people that was on stage taking pictures and this is like a classic la hardcore show like just covered like with with expensive cameras people taking videos like you know just like to the point where it's like annoying you know and uh this this dude was like elbowing this kid and he like wouldn't let him get on stage to dive like literally like elbowing him in the head yeah and and it was like it was just annoying. So I pushed the dude and he fell into like the <laughs> band, into like the band near the drum kit. And like, like it was like, yeah. And so the kid got on stage and dove, which was ultimately the goal. And then the guy came back and spit at me. And um, I like swung at him out of instinct. And then I got kicked by like four guys and dragged out of the show. So it's like, whatever. From that day forward, I've been very hyper focused on the amount of photographers that are just crowding the stage, like up in the guitar players' faces, like, um, and it's whack. So for the fest, I did no media passes, which I got some shit for that, but whatever, fuck them. And <laughs> and um, that's my hot take, dude. Photographers are ruining shows near near here, at least, and. Um, I will say I've had multiple conversations with this about people in like long-standing, bigger hardcore bands that feel the same way. Um, particularly one person who I'll tell you, I'll, I'll like message to you. I don't want to put him on blast, but he said he's going to fight this same photographer that spit at me. <laughs> he wants to like beat his ass. <laughs> he wants to like beat his ass because he like dove into this guy's camera and the guy like flipped out and like, was like crying and like all like literally crying and all this stuff and so that's my hot take man it doesn't all really i gathered from that was that you were a bully <laughs> and you pushed down some defenseless nerd and he was trying to whoop your ass no so, like i I, <laughs> photo, I took pictures at shows through um like late high school early college but i was also the only person doing that in yeah school. so like it wasn't weird um i think there's a time and place for it i don't think that there needs to be five people all vying for the same fucking shot of some dumbass and like all of his pedals and shit but people people need them new profile pics man so like i get it but also like i remember yeah. we played we played a show one time in a basement and it's fucking cramped in there and yeah. this dude had a flash on and it kept flashing my fucking eyes i'm just like i can't see because this dickhead keeps like this external flash in this tiny room and then it keeps like bouncing this light right into my eyes. Yeah. So, like I get it from all angles, but just like, I've also never been in a show where there's been that many photographers other than like fests and stuff like that. But I think it's goofy. It's crazy. I think you have to limit that kind of thing. But like, also if you're taking pictures of the show and your shit gets broken, you kind of have it coming. 
right? Like, yeah. Like, don't and, bring a bunch of shit. Like when I did it, I had a camera with one lens and I had like my little external flash and I just tried to not be in the way. Yeah. And like, I get it too, dude. I like to see cool. Sh- I like to see cool pictures of stuff. Like I, I like to see like, you know, I like it. I think it's cool for it to be documented, but it's like, and again, like I'm not alone in feeling this way. It's like, I went to a, my friends in time, they played a show with uh, Godhead, which is like a, this like Krishna band out here yeah. and um, Firestarter and um, the ticket. No, take it hard and play, but it was in like the Godhead practice space, which is like the Krishna, like literature warehouse, <laughs> which is actually like, it was such a trip, dude. It got moved to the last second. And so it was like in like the Krishna literature warehouse. And it was like actually pretty dope. But uh, I just want to take a second to say that I fucking hate shelter real quick. I just want to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, I'm not a really big Krishna. Like 108's cool. It's like one of the first hardcore shows I went to back in the day. But like, I don't like shelter either. Like, I'm not a big like. Shelter can burn in hell. I straight up like beef shelter like actively talk as much shit about shelter as i possibly can yeah respect dude band kind of sucks in my opinion um the worst. <laughs> so i love ray capo i love you today like Me one too, of my favorite yeah. bands but like ray capo's gotta go straight to hell for for his involvement in shelter or sell yeah. too like both, both of them gotta <laughs> reach them bald ass heads up and go right to hell yeah dude. anyway continue sorry i just oh man <laughs> fucking shelter it's not even anything to do with like krishna core or anything like that like that's fine whatever do what you feel but like, man, fuck shelter. Overrated. That's not even a hot take. That's not even a hot take either. That should just be like the standard. Like, fuck shelter. It's a, it's a bad band. I, I tried to like, have you listened to it? Like, yeah, man. Have you? There's no fucking <laughs> way you're defending this if you have. Like, no yeah. fucking way. Did you listen to that? Go, like, good. This is better than you today. Fuck off. Whoa, like, that's you know, crazy. Like, that's dude, a lot. People, anytime people say that, it's usually like somebody older. I'm just like, bro, come on, don't. That's a don't do that's that. What's wrong with you? Opinion, um, but yeah. So like the show was like in the Krishna literature like a warehouse. Like there was like all these pallets of boxes, and I made a joke to my friend. I was like, "Yo, you should jump off one of these like giant things <laughs> boxes." And he was like, "Dude, I can't step on these. This is like Krishna, like the Krishna Bible." And I was like, "What?" And it literally was. So like, it was in this warehouse, and it was like pretty small, dude. There's probably like maybe 50 people there um but there were so many fucking photographers like and this is like a tiny like local like warehouse show and like my friend who plays guitar and a band that was playing was like so annoyed because there was like this photographer who kept like he was like you know like and then it's like if i push one of these dudes or mosh into him i'm like the bad guy you know yeah it's you have to have facial <laughs> awareness when you're doing that kind of shit because there's yeah. a lot going on except besides fans playing like i shot small shows like that and then i shot shows like i shot save the day one time with like census fail and, and some other band and like you're behind a barrier and i shot like the burning fight festival when trial played yeah and, like you're behind a barrier but you have to be like yeah aware of what's going on around like we lasted like two songs in front of that barrier and then there was like you have to like you guys have to move uh because you're gonna get fucking trampled if you don't i was like that's fair for sure but you just have to be like spatially aware of like what's going on around you and like be respectful of that like people are doing shit man you can't like make it about you wanting to take fucking pictures that no one's gonna credit you for anyway so what's it really yeah and that like 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not like on full like I I I like the pictures, and I see I saw some of the some of the like bigger photographers that shot uh, Sound and Fury. Like they actually posted some cool stuff about like like hey like stay the fuck out of the way and like don't get mad if your shit breaks, you know. Um, so yeah, but it was funny like when I when I posted the flyer for the fest and like people started hitting me up about media passes i was like no nah, there's no media passes like if you want to take pictures you can but you're not allowed on the stage and or in front of the stage and so like <laughs> which at first was like too probably too much um but dude like the only the only pictures that came out of the fest were like my one friend and then disposables and they honestly look sick dude like i mean fuck it it's your fest you can do whatever you want yeah like yo if you look like you take pictures you can't come in (laughs) no i did i i uh and i got some shit for it but i didn't care i'm like i fucking am spending which you know hours and days and weeks planning this like yeah you want to come for free to like basically a benefit show for this place and like yeah so whatever fuck them i'm trying to get someone to draw me maybe i don't know if you can do this but I want to do like a sticker or a shirt where there's like a row of people with those big cameras and then the mm-hmm. hooded mosher is just like breaking all of them, like smacking <laughs> all of them. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I can do that, but I, I think I have a, a friend that can. Okay. Um, but okay. Anyways, there you go. There's my hot take. And then the, the factual thing is that I also think shelter sucks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if that can be considered a hot, I feel like a lot of people agree with that at this point too, just because like, they see just, it they're like just there's, there's there's like triple the amount of people taking pictures than there are people playing fucking instruments like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense crazy anymore. dude yeah i don't know uh, i don't know if i have any hot takes i think my only one would just be like i've noticed one thing as i get older i'm trying to like age gracefully in hardcore and not be like a fucking dickhead annoying and dude. Yeah, because I had to deal with that shit so much. I was just like, dude, I don't fucking I don't want to act like that. That's goof nugget behavior. Like, yeah, it's always older dudes that like disappeared for a long time and then come dude. back around. And it's just like you missed a lot, dude. Like shit's yeah. different now. I'm sorry that you like can't call people the names you used to call them anymore. That's a bummer for you, I guess. But like, yeah, it sucks to suck. And then yeah. like also don't don't start a band if it's bad. If you're old and your band is bad, someone needs to tell you your band is bad. Or like if you're going to be old and in a band that's fine but like be a part of the thing come to the local shows when you're not playing yeah or book them or just like get involved like there's a band from here called live it down that's like older dudes hard fucking band like super good like straight up like your friend that likes cleveland hardcore would probably love this band because they they take a lot of notes from that and it's a lot of older guys and like those dudes like come to shows that they're not playing the singer books shows like they're involved it's like a good version of like aging gracefully while into something that's like youth culture basically so like i've noticed as i get older i'm trying to do that where i'm just like all right you know i'm gonna still go to these things that i care about but i'm not gonna like be a dick about it and like well it was way cooler five years ago when i was doing this thing like you know what probably wasn't probably wasn't like older dudes back home would be like St. Louis was more violent like five years ago. And I was like, bro, I was around five years ago. It was not. It was fucking soft service shit. Like, don't act like that just because you got a face tattoo and like some prior <laughs> that it was harder. Like, oh, no, it's true. We, we deal with that too. Like, 
my group of friends that we, you know, we, we collectively like my, my friend books a lot, but we collectively run all the local shows and like, it's, it's kind you know, I think what it, what it is too, is like people come to like a local show or a, a big band is coming through and they're playing and it just pops off, dude. Like it's like popping off, like everyone's stoked. The set's crazy. And like people see that and they want to be a part of it and they want their band to be a part of it, but either their band sucks and can't get crowd reaction because they suck <laughs> or like they don't come to any local shows. So nobody knows who they are. And then they start blowing up your DMS with like, put my band on, put my band on. And you're yeah, like, exactly. I've never seen I can it. overlook, like I can overlook bad songs if they're like <laughs> trying to, you know, actively, make things better totally. like if your band sucks but you're like involved and supportive and not fucking dick then like yeah dude ball out like you can play yeah. i don't give a shit but if you if you do all if you don't do any of those things and you write you have the audacity to write bad music in 2022 when it's so easy to like not do that yeah then, like dude fuck you i didn't want you to come to the show you and your shitty vibes man like i that shit used to happen back home so much where it was just like, well, yeah. he only puts these bands on. I'm just like, yeah, man, you know, why do those bands go to shows that they're not playing and their bands don't suck that much? Like, your band is bad, plus you don't go to things. And then you just like continually, like continuously talking shit about me and like my show. Like, everyone's booked pussy at that show. I'm like, well, man, yeah. at least they get to, pl- at least they're supposed to get to play shows. I fucking guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> No. It's weird because like that shit travels like between promoters, so it's just like, dude, if you're doing this to one promoter, another one's probably not going to book you. Yeah, there's bands that there's bands that like won't probably ever be able to play a legit show in this area because me and anyone else who organizes and books shows knows that they that they're just not a band we want to play. So they're kind yeah, of forever. They're kind of forever fucked in this area until like we hand the torch. <laughs> you know yeah I mean? like it, that's how it was there it was just like you know a guy would talk a bunch of shit about a show that i was booking and then would hit up my friend who booked the bigger stuff and he'd be like hey what's up with this band and i would explain it to him he's like all right cool fuck them i'll never book them that's and then insane. out of spite he would he would put out of spite he would play like time and pressure on the show instead. so funny yeah like agnostic front played st louis and a bunch of the older dude bands hit him up. It was like, yo, we want to play. We want to play. But like none of those guys come to shows. If they do, they're just like shitty the whole time. Yeah. And then he hit me up. He was just like, hey, these bands hit me up. I think it would be funny if Time of Pressure played instead. Because I know it would make them mad. He's like, also, I'll let you pick the other band that gets to play. So as, long as, they're, as long as they're younger. We, it was like, what older dude bands playing with like, sick of it all agnostic front like the older touring bands it doesn't make sense yeah old people are older people are going to go to that show regardless because they yeah. want to see agnostic front murphy's law you know any of those bands so like if you want to get younger people and you have to book the younger bands it, sure. it, it never made sense and you can't explain that to people like that it's just like well we i fucking met that dude in the parking lot in 1993 it's like that's cool man he does not remember you it's fine <laughs> And then, and then they like, since they don't, it's funny. Cause we always talk about it. It's like, well, when they don't get the, 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 the slot, they don't go to the show. Exactly. exactly. That's my favorite thing. They'll yeah. bug me and be like, why can't we play this? Like, cause I, it's full dude. Or my excuse is always like, Oh, I don't like to, I don't like to do mixed bill shows. This is fucking boring. And I would always tell this one band like, Oh yeah, you guys are just like a little too, a little too punk 
sounding for this show. And it was just like, I didn't want to be like, yo, man, your band is bad. Because <laughs> his, his like friend at the time, or it's still his friend, I guess, I don't know, was fucking huge and would absolutely beat my ass. If I said that, so I was like, I'm just trying to not get my ass whipped. Yeah. And also not have to sit through fucking 20 minutes of this bullshit music. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for touching on all that with me. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so we'll finish up with uh, just kind of talking some like, I know that there's some good current Cleveland bands, um, some good um, current Ohio bands. Um, which I'll put the link for that playlist that you made so everyone can listen to all that. Uh, Cleveland's got a cool hardcore history, dude. Um, in Cold Blood, obviously, like bands like that. Funny, because like people will talk about, like you, you can ask people from here about it. I remember Time and Pressure played Cleveland in 2019, and I sound checked with that song thinking was it going to be funny. Not a single person laughed. Really? I was like, well, I mean, there's also like eight people at the show, so like, yeah. it, it is what it is, but uh people cover uh Mercario stomp occasionally it's a bang it's a banger intro dude it's and you can't i mean you're not wrong but yeah, yeah like there's a band from here that that plays it as their outro sometimes and people go nuts moshing it's kind of sick that band i mentioned live it down kind of has like elements of like that early 90s like yeah. Cleveland sound. That's, that's like their whole thing is like they are a Cleveland hardcore band, but not in the sense of like this is where we are geographically. It's like this it's is sound. like the sound that we're doing. It's cool. Like I, I like the Cleveland stuff just because it, it mixes like influences from like Japanese stuff, and that's like my fucking shit. So some of it kind of misses me, but for the most part, like like yeah. I'm not a big integrity a big integrity guy. I like the first record, and I think I might like the second one too if I remember, but. uh as far as like stuff that's from back then, a lot of like the faster stuff is, is stuff that I like now, but there, there's a lot, there's so much like variation in bands here that there's like something for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say about, um, but yeah, obviously like Cleveland nineties hardcore is really cool. Um, lots of history. Um, but yeah, if you want to just talk about like um, kind of like, if there's any current bands in Cleveland that really stand out to you and then no, they're all bad. <laughs> um, and then my list right now, cause I knew I was going to forget somebody if I did. Yeah. If you want to just like any bands currently that you're, that you're liking in Ohio or Cleveland specifically. Um, from Cleveland, it would be slug. Uh, it's like early 2000s, Boston, like locking out, righteous jam like they did a righteous jams cover like that kind of stuff that's that's good um smile who's from akron that's like 45 minutes outside they're they're really good okay. uh, there's this band called captive from here they played the dgr showcase a few weeks ago and it was, it was like my second favorite set of the weekend or of that day probably it's it's like super heavy but it's got like power violence parts too nice uh yam bag is from here they're on convulse and 11 p.m it's like straight up like fast core it's nice. it's like the fastest shit I've ever heard. Um, and then Live It Down, I mentioned before. And then there's a band uh, from here called You Should Be With Us that's members of Slug. It's like kind of in the praise-ish stuff. Uh, Joey, who does Joey's World, uh, artist from here is in it. And then this dude named Ben, who all... The, the whole band is like art guys, which is really cool. Nice. Um, it's, it's different from Slug. and it, it, It's the same singer, but he is actually like singing, singing in this band. 
Nice. Um, it kind of gives me like weird Oasis vibes too. At the same time, I don't know. It's cool. But then Columbus is like this is a sick name. Yeah, it. I guess it's the Joey was working on a Give record like years ago, and it was that was the name of the the Give LP that was supposed to come out. They got scrapped, and then they broke up. So they just used that name. They used to be called something else. I can't. Oh, they used to be called Do Good, but now they're they're called this. You should be with and us. Then, like five letters for a mm-hmm. or five words for a band. That's like you can say the whole thing and it works. <laughs> yeah, and they, they use the abbreviation a lot. They have a tape that just came out on Numerality. It's a split release with DGR, too. I nice, I'm going to check they, it out. I think the NMZ tape is gone, but I know Vlad from DGR has, like, a couple copies left, too. Sick. Uh, and then Columbus also has, like, a ton of good bands, like Circus and Love, Lexan, uh, Rejoice, Crime White. And there's a band from, uh, from Columbus called Sour that I like a lot. Sour's really, it sounds like beautiful ones. Nice. <laughs> Which is like kind of a hard thing to pull off For without sure. it just like sounding like a complete rip, but it's it's really good. I like it a lot. Nice. Sick, dude. Well, thanks for dropping all those. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on again. I really appreciate it. Um any if you have any closing thoughts, any shout outs or anything. Um I hate doing shout outs because I always forget somebody and then somebody feels okay. like I have to say that. Shouts out my ball headed ass wife who's standing over here. <laughs> <laughs> lighting candles and blowing up balloons and shit that's right uh shout out my kids who are not bald-headed <laughs> and i you know what that's it just go them Cavs. those three oh, ohio's cool yeah go Cavs. i guess i agree go Cavs. uh i started watching soccer recently it's kind of fucking rules like I, I watched Cavs. Or premier league premier league i, I started watching uh, manchester city because we watched ted lasso like the entire two seasons and like well, yeah. like a week and a half, probably. And I was like, yo, soccer's kind of fucking cool. So I've just been watching Man City. Premier League uh, is popping, dude. Dude, it's sick. Like, I, I, I like it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, for the longest time, I always talk shit about soccer. I think mainly just to bother Travis, too. Because he's <laughs> the big uh, Bayern Munich fan. And it's just funny to, to make fun of things that he likes. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That, that's it. Shout out nobody else. I, I'm glad we got to talk again. Yeah. That was great. I love, I love getting to, to chat with you. Fun. For sure, man.